Hey everyone, it is May 30 and we're here with Push Talk and we have a very, very, very special guest. We have Latanya, Dr. Latanya Rogers, who is running for school board in Fulton County District 6. Join us as we come back on Push Talk. People are dying because they're waiting on us. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Hey, everybody. So we are back with Dr. Martin Rogers. Hey, Miss Rogers, how are you? Is it Fantastic. Dr. Rogers or you want me to call you Miss Rogers? Can I go either one? You can call me LaTanya. Okay, Miss LaTanya. We have Dr. LaTanya. <laughs> on today with us and i'm super excited because you are running for fulton county school board district six correct correct so tell us a little bit about who you are like introduce the voters to who who dr rogers is all right well i am latonya martin rogers i'm originally from delray beach florida where i lived most of my life before applying to a historically black college and university, Morris Brown College. I had, um, so the story that led me to Morris Brown, I was raised by my grandparents, extended family, godmother, aunts, uncles. But when you're living in that type of environment, everyone sends the mail to grandma. So we would get obituaries, we would get um, announcements, we would get graduation information of everyone in the family that was doing something. Um, letters. My job early on was to go to the mailbox and retrieve the mail. So that was one of my jobs. Then I would have to open the mail and read the mail to my grandma. So that, that extended up until I was in the 10th 11th grade that was literally my job every day was to grab the mail and it also provided us that quality time with each other and um i know that it helped build upon my communication skills but at any rate one day this piece of mail came from my cousin who was here in atlanta at morris brown college and she was on the cover of the atlanta journal constitution I know it's probably before your time, but she was on the cover with an older cousin and he was redeveloping underground Atlanta. They had begun to call Atlanta Hot Atlanta, the place to be, the place to go and, and visit and come here and live. So she was on the cover of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, propped up, poised, and then I saw my other cousin. And as soon as I read the 
the title of it and begin to read the article, I looked at my grandma and I said, I'm going to Atlanta. So that is what led me to Atlanta. My grandmother always instilled in us the value of an education. So I came here in 92, 93 at Morris Brown College. I um, received my undergrad degree from Morris Brown Co College in early childhood education. And life has been great. It has been great. I'm really happy to be here. I have um, 23 years of teaching experience professionally. It's at the elementary level, but most of my volunteer service um, is at the middle and high school level. So shout out to Morris Brown College because we produce some of the best educators in the state of Georgia. <laughs> so interesting enough, when I was reading your profile on your website, you actually was Prior to this, she was an elected official in East Point, right? Yes, city of East Point, Georgia. So what did you do for the city of East Point? I'm sorry? What did you do as an elected official in the city of East Point? Oh, in the city of East Point, I'd like to say that I met a lot of great people. I loved my community. We were able to push a lot of initiatives in the city of East Point. Um, housing initiatives, education initiatives. One thing that I focused on as an elected official in East were those, my initiatives were centered around education because when you're sitting on a council, everyone brings something different. So you may have an attorney that sits on council. You may have someone, um, one person worked at the Center for Disease Control when I was on council. There was, um, a guy that was into stocks and bonds trading when I was on council. And there was also someone who's a mentor who has transitioned now. His name is Marcel Reed, but he was like a big brother to me. But he was a part of the Atlanta Police Department as a detective. So to me, everyone on a city council can bring something different to the table, which gives you um, a different perspective, different opinions. So many of my initiatives were student focused. I'm an educator. I know the value of getting an education and, and having an education can unlock a lot of futures and opportunities for you. So one of my personal initiatives was um, a collaboration with Atlanta Metropolitan College. And it was for students that lived in East Point but attended Atlanta Metropolitan State College to have hands-on internship opportunities within the city. So we did a memorandum of understanding and many of those students had internships in our water department. One student had an internship in the mayor's office, the city clerk's office, parks and recreation. So that provided students the opportunity within the city of East Point. Another initiative was the first public private partnership with the Georgia Soccer Park in East Point. So um, as you know, soccer has taken off and mm -hmm. we were able to get a partnership where there is a soccer field in the city of East Point off of Walkamall Road. And they have just, they broke ground two years ago on an educational facility. So that initiative is still being run in the city of East Point, and they are now building upon it and working with the students 
that attend an after-school program through the Parks and Recreation Department and providing soccer lessons to students in the community. So those are two things that I am most proud of and also just being a voice for the voiceless in a city. Oftentimes politicians are elected to be that voice or to be that connection in the community. And I believe that I was a connection in our community. I was that voice that we needed to have more of a focus on the voiceless, which would be our student population. So those were two initiatives that I was responsible for as a council member. So one of the things that was interesting when we started talking with it, uh, one of the things that was interesting when we started talking earlier is that you talked about how, um, let's talk, I mean, it's shifting a little bit, but you talked about how redistricting, redistricting, the redistricting maps have affected you and your campaign. So you was telling us a story about um, Mrs. King, Mr. and Mrs. King, who were once in your district and went to go vote for you yesterday and couldn't vote for you because now you're not in their district anymore? No, she's not in my voting district anymore. So we started this, well, I ran for this seat back in 2018 and we can circle back to that. But as a council member and as an elected official, one thing that was important to me was to build relationships. And oftentimes we have to work to build those relationships and to keep those relationships. So a large population of my voters were seniors in the community. Um, that was at base of maybe from 70 years old to the age of 93, because Mrs. King is 93 years old. But over the years, we kept in contact because I met Mrs. King when I first ran for office. And I know that was at least 10 years ago. So we remained in touch. We remained in touch with one another. Um, we talk at least two or three or four times a month, but she is one of those supporters that you know, once you ask her to do something, she will go out and do it for you. So she got her ballot um, Saturday and she called me Sunday morning and she said, I'm looking for you on my ballot because I do want to vote for you, but I don't see you. So when I went to look at, um, I asked her if I could come by. She said, absolutely. So we sat and we talked for, for a while and she shared her ballot with me and I wasn't on the ballot, but prior to ballots being sent out, I had already contacted Mrs. King and she had already said that she was going to vote for me. So it just took a little reworking of the campaign, but we are back on track. What I would like to recommend to any candidate that is running for office, just look at your data, um, compare your data with what the Secretary of State office has, and also compare it with whatever database that you're using, because household, voters, streets, we've been redistricted. Yeah, and that's, I mean, as you know, I mean, the state of Georgia, along with other states, have done a whole lot of redistricting um, recently. And a lot of people don't even understand that it did take effect immediately. So, I mean, when we signed into law, it did affect a lot of the communities in which we serve. One of the things that I thought was very interesting um, about you is that I actually seen on your website that you got an endorsement recently from um, Reverend Durley and Reverend Timothy McDonald, who's a great, great, great mentor of mine. I love Reverend McDonald. I actually just seen him a minute ago. And if you, I mean, we actually host our podcast out of First Iconium Baptist Church. So 
um, that's pretty unique. So what has it been like converting from being a, a teacher to being a candidate to um, actually run for office where you can make impact when it comes to education? Well, I think one of the most important things about my campaign is um, it time, first of all, it's exciting. Um, more people have joined this movement and that is what I have been calling it is a movement. And there's a shift. There is a broad shift in education. And one thing that I feel is most important is that educators have a seat at the table. Oftentimes when you look at these school boards across the district, across the country, none of the people that are a part of these school boards have experience in education. I mean, some of them do and some of them don't, but I feel that now is time to have the policy maker a part of the policy making. You know, when school boards make policy, I apologize for that noise, but when school boards make policy, teachers are the ones building level professionals are the one enacting those policies. Oftentimes, what sounds like a good idea at the time may not be a good idea at the time. So I feel that this election is going to bring um, balance to the Fulton County School Board. It's going to bring a unique experience to the Fulton County School Board, and it's also going to bring a different skill set. I'm on the front lines of education every single day. Um, I will be the first educator elected to this district six seat. And with being on the front lines of education every day, I feel like I have a different experience of a different experience and knowledge base of what our students really need and what our parents really need and what our communities really need. I would like to leverage my position on school board to really, I mean, before the podcast, we talked about how everyone had their hands on the children in the community from the mailman to the cafeteria worker. Um, we may not have that sense of community now, but there are already systems set up in District 6. We have Just Us Girls in East Point. We have Next Level Boys Academy in Union City. We have One More Question um, operating in the cluster of the Old National Highway area. We have all of these 501c3s and community organizations already set up that have their hands on our children outside of 3 p.m. that I would like to see District 6 have a more collective effort. How do we work together to move the needle for our students collectively? So with my former elected official experience, my teaching experience and my advocacy work, I, I am willing to do the work. I've already had boots on the ground since 2018 when I ran for this seat. I got 47% of the vote. And as you know, you need 51% to be declared the winner. But I think what is what speaks for itself is my advocacy work. Since 2018, I have not stopped doing the work. Yes, I was disappointed, I was upset, but immediately that night, I knew back in 2018 that I was going to run again and I began to construct a better plan. So with that being said, I worked with other organic organizations within my community. I am responsible along with galvanizing the NAACP, 
Reverend Dr. Durley, um, New Georgia Project, parents, students, and community leaders for saving two schools in the city of South Fulton when the Fulton County School District basically steamrolled over us in regards to Conley Hills and Frank McLaren High School. Conley Hills Elementary and Frank McLaren High School. So we were able to save those two schools through a community effort, through organic relationships. Nice, nice. I want to ask just how the, the district, based on some of the information that you already given, um, you said something about uh, the um, College Park, Old National Road, and down into Union City. Just how big is District 6? And what might the boundaries be? District, well, so you have seven board representatives and two and a half help make up the city of South Fulton. So the districts in East Point, let's say there's a pocket of East Point that is a part of District 6, and there's another pocket where they're represented by the District 3 representative. So District 6 covers East Point, College Park, Union City, parts of the city of South Fulton, and also a very small portion of Fairburn, Georgia. So I don't think that they're, from my canvassing that I've done, it's pockets that are well populated, but it's not an entire city because all of the districts on one side of the street, you may be in district six and the other side of the street, you may be in district three. But one thing that is certain is the District 6 representative shares schools with the District 4 representative and also the District 3 representative. So it's small pockets of areas in each of those cities that I just named. All right. Well, I tell you, that's, that's, you're talking about parts of Fairburn. That's nice size, you know, when you go that far down south, when you're starting off in the East Point area. Um, so thank you for that because i'm sure as you know as this going out there's going to be some people who are in your district that you know um want to remain in your district and if they're you know and may or may not realize that they have when the lines were redrawn it may have uh like the kings for instance you know, you know like you know how they were drawn out of your area right so it, it makes it makes a huge difference in how that works, but I, I am glad to hear that you have uh, you guys have righted the ship in uh, with this little snafu <laughs> that is taking place, if you will. Um, yes. So I wanted to talk more about the things that you've done because we had a long talk last time we spoke, and you told me that you helped reopen a school. Um, I remember you mentioned that you gathered a lot of folks and put that initiative out and I wanted you to speak a little more about that. All right. So back in, it concerns the East Blast. Mm -hmm. So there were, um, Every voter, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's on the ballot this year, but back in 2015, 2016, Fulton County Schools wanted to rebuild four new schools. So if you, sometimes it's on your ballot, we need one cents and you vote yes or no. And most people vote, vote yes. At any rate, um, voters in East Point voted yes to the East Splash, the, the education special option sales tax. 
Um, I believe that's the acronym acronym for it. But it so we voted on it in 2015, 2016 to get these new schools. Two in the north, Crab Apple Middle School in Riverwood International Charter, Conley Hills Elementary in East Point, Georgia, and Frank McLaren High School down in College Park, Georgia. Frank, um, Frank McLaren and Conley Hills had not had a stone turned over. But our schools in North Fulton, they are open. They open this year as scheduled per the Fulton County School District's timeline. So as I was looking through some documents, um, it was brought to my attention that the schools had not, no, nothing had been done to advocate for the rebuild of the schools since it was passed in on the ballot back in 2016. So I called, the first person that I called was the mayor of East Point, Mayor Dina Holiday Ingram. And I said, do you know that they owe us a school? Um, so she and I talked and then I emailed everyone that I could get my hands on. You do that as an advocate. Um, Dr. Durley, I emailed the mayor of East Point, the council members. I emailed parents of students in the community that attended the school. I also emailed people that lived in the community whose children had attended the school. I contacted the NAACP. I had a contact down at the New Georgia Project. And for about nine months, we went to the school board meeting, which I would get up and tell them this is unheard of because I know that this would not happen in Milton, Georgia. They would have to ask one time for a school to be rebuilt and that would be the end of the meeting. So Fulton County Schools just, it's a disconnect for me. It's the disconnect. You know, when you don't, you have, you can have people that have a seat at the table, but if you're at the table and you don't open your mouth, then what do you expect to happen? So we went to those meetings. We went to those meetings in shifts. Sometimes I went to the meetings and sometimes I would send parents to the meetings, but I would be there in the audience. One thing that Fulton County Schools needs to change is their public, um, their public speaking policy. It has been around for quite some time in order to public speak at the Fulton County School Board meeting you have to call the super as a taxpayer you have to call the superintendent's office you have to give them your name and your address and you have to tell them what it is you're talking about and they only let seven people speak so we really had to be strategic in our efforts to get our message across um, council members spoke out, Mayor Holiday Ingram spoke out. So this went on for about nine months of just advocacy work until they finally called um, Mayor Holiday Ingram and said, we are going to rebuild. Once they realized they had dropped the ball on our school, what they wanted to do was close a middle school in our area and open up a K through eight charter school, which is perfectly okay. But in my opinion, you can't make decisions about us without us. And no one in the community knew about this storm, this, this steamroll effort to close our school and reopen it to a K through eight. It hadn't even been talked about with anybody. So we blocked their efforts um 
we are going to have Frank McLaren. They have done the ribbon cutting down there in College Park. Um, so Frank McLaren is going to be reopened to a college and career technical school. And also Conley Hills is unfortunately going to be less than two miles from another elementary school in East Point, but they owe us the school. So we want the school. I am just ecstatic that we had the opportunity to even um, talk to you today. Just a few, a few last minute things. If people want to find out more information about you, where could they go to find out more information? To find out more information about me, they can visit my campaign's website at www.rogersforschoolboard.com. Um, I am also on all social media outlets um, on Facebook, elect Latanya D6, Instagram at Rogers for School Board. TikTok, I only have two videos. I apologize. I will go out and make one this evening. Um, TikTok is at Rogers for School Board, and Twitter is at DRLM Rogers. And I uh, think we have your website and our, our link too. So thank you so much, Dr. Rogers, for spending time with us talking about your platform. And the best of luck to you because this is campaign season. I want to encourage everybody too, which is really important that um, she's running for office, that she's on the May 24th ballot, and it'll be the only ballot that she'll be on. Um, so we need to make sure that we get out and support or vote um, May 24th because like her election, judges' elections, they only get one ballot, and the May 24th is that ballot. Yes. Um, and you guys, just so you know, if you're in the state of Georgia, you can go online to mvp.sos.ga.gov to find out where you register to vote, to find out what your district is, to make sure that you're still within your district. You even get a sample ballot to know exactly who's on your ballot. And I think that's extremely important. Any last words for the guests today, Mrs. Rogers? No, I am just hoping that, I mean, I hope to get the votes. I hope to help me bring home this win. And, and this is a movement. Education is important. It's important that we have a voice at the table to advocate for our students, our parents, our communities. I would like to be that voice. And thank you. Last word is thank you so much for having me on Push Talk. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my platform, share a little bit about me. And thank you so much. No, we thank you and thank you. Thank you for being a South Florida native too. So that's important. And thank you for giving a shout out because you gave a shout to um to Morehouse and we need to give them a shout out too because Morehouse did just get their credibility, their credibility for accreditation back. Sorry. Yes. Um they got accreditation back. Morehouse. Not Morehouse, sorry. Morris Brown just got their, their accreditation back, and that's a huge shot to um, Morris Brown because we know that definitely in our community, we need more HBCUs, not less. Right. Um, and Most definitely. And if people would like to make a contribution to the college and to Dr. Kevin Kelvin James's effort, they can go to www.morrisbrown.edu. Uh, we want to give a shout out to them again. That's www.morrisbrown.edu. So thank you again, Dr. Rogers, for your time thank today. Thank you. Good luck on the campaign, thank and we'll you. see you on May 24th or the 25th. Thank you. Have a blessed day. This is the land of the free and the home of the brave who dress up as cowards on Sunday. We are in the midst of a uh, civil rights tension. 
we feel like we're living through it once more and again. Too many of our churches in Georgia, even across the landscape of the nation, have faith, but they don't have justice. 93% of what Jesus did was outside of the church. Right. And now 93% of what we do is in the church. We have faith, but we have lost justice. Isn't it amazing that the black church always prays about the crime, but never addresses the poverty? Something is wrong in our church when we only have an economic agenda around a tithe. We want your 10% but never tell you how to multiply the 90. Woe unto us as a black church that we're pointing to what we used to be and not what we presently are. We've got to put our foot down and say, as for me and my house, not only will we serve the Lord, but we're going to graduate. As for me and my house, not only are we going to get a job, but we're going to create jobs. As for me and my house, not only are we going to have a checking account, but we're going to create generational wealth. As for me and my house, not only will my name be on the back of the check, but my name will be on the front of the check. As for me and my house, not only will we serve the Lord, but we'll look like Him.